Welcome back to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode number 19. 19. Boy, oh boy. We are getting up there. One more episode until the infamous 20. 20 episodes in the books. Got a decent episode today. And when I say decent, I mean we just are stuck we're stuck in that lull. Baseball should have started today. It doesn't. In fact, starts a week from today, March 31st. Starts on April 7th. So we do have the Final Four this weekend. We have the home stretch of the NBA season, the NHL season. But we have some other stuff to cover, like players on the field getting laser pointers shined in their fucking face. That is unbelievable. Borderline unacceptable for the year 2022. So we'll talk about that. We'll give you our final four picks update, preview, and a nice juicy uh, would you rather. So thank you guys for tuning into the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, and let's get into it. to roll we uh sitting here on a beautiful thursday march 31st the last day of march unbelievable that we've gone by this quickly but here we are we are less than 12 hours less than seven hours away from april arguably the best month of the year with baseball kicking off every year in April. So here we are. We are two days-ish away from the Final Four. We have Villanova, two-seed Villanova, taking on one-seed Kansas. In the first game on Saturday, Kansas is the only one-seed remaining in the Final Four, believe it or not. Of all the one seeds in the NCAA tournament this year between Arizona, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Kansas, nobody thought Kansas was a bad team, but I don't think out of the four one seeds that anybody would have said Kansas would be the only one to make it to the Final Four. Uh, But good for them. They are in the Final Four. They are playing Villanova, a number two seed. And... It's going to be a great game. Kansas is favored by four and a half points. It's a pretty big number, but it's also respectable. I can understand it. And the winner of Kansas and Villanova will play the winner of Duke and North Carolina. The greatest rivalry in college basketball, Duke and North Carolina. The Blue Devils, the Tar Heels, Coach K, Mike Shashevsky, Duke head coach. Potentially his final game ever. 
ever as a head coach, saying before the season that he was going to retire. Obviously a Hall of Famer, obviously an all-time legend. But there's a potential that this could be his last game ever. He has faced, uh, what, four four potential last games in this tournament, and he's 4-0, obviously. This game would hold a lot of meaning if it wasn't the Final Four, and it was just Duke and UNC, because they've already played this year. And the last time they played was Coach Krzyzewski's final home game at Cameron Indoor Stadium at Duke. And UNC showed up as an unranked team and just blew the doors off of Duke. So Duke is the better team in this game. Undoubtedly the better basketball team, in my opinion. But that doesn't mean a lot sometimes. As everybody knows that watches sports, just because the better team is favored or is playing in the game doesn't mean they always win. And UNC, uh, suppose you know, at least according to seeding, because Duke is a two seed, UNC is an eight seed, which is way too low. Way, way, way too low for UNC. They had a couple timely, or uh, not even timely is the wrong word. They had a couple bad losses this year, but... I guess, timely in the sense of they held more weight. Um, because when you lose to teams that aren't very good, mm, it just kind of hits your, it hits your, I don't know, it hits the seating a little bit harder than maybe it should. Um, UNC lost to a sixth-ranked Purdue. They lost to a 17th-ranked Tennessee 21 ranked 21 ranked Kentucky they lost to Notre Dame, Miami and Wake Forest. And I think that Wake Forest loss was really bad. Oh no, not so bad, not so bad. Nevertheless, uh let's see. They lost to Virginia Tech to open the year. So they they've had a couple games where it's just like they should have just been easy coast through wins for UNC, but they've lost. Um they showed up in the tournament as an eight seed. They played Marquette, a nine seed. Beat them by 32 points. So, obviously, that was a lopsided matchup. Then they play number one seed, Baylor, in that game. Baylor was favored by five and a half. UNC beats them 93 to 86. Then, UNC plays four-seeded UCLA, who many believed UCLA was also poorly seated at number four. UCLA favored in that game by two and a half. UNC takes them down 73-66. They get to the Elite Eight, and I don't want to say UNC got lucky because they've earned the spot to get to where they are, and I don't want to say St. Peter's got lucky to get to the Elite Eight, but 15 seed St. Peter's. Um Got to the final or to the lead eight against eight seed UNC. Um, St. Peter's had a pretty bad day shooting. They picked it up in the second half, but uh, UNC eight seed takes down St. Peter's, the 15 seed, 69 to 49. So they beat him by a nice, hefty 20 points. So UNC finds themselves in the final four. Playing against their biggest rival and playing in a game featuring the biggest rivalry 
in college basketball, Duke and UNC. It's going to be an unbelievable game. Like, unbelievable game. As I mentioned just now, UNC's been the underdog in literally, I think, every game except the one against Marquette. They've been the underdogs against Baylor, UCLA. I think they were favored against St. Peter's, but they were underdogs against Duke the last time they played him, and they beat the shit out of him. So Duke's favored by four. And I think the more interesting thing maybe than anything between these two games is the first game of the day on Saturday is going to be Kansas and Villanova. The total for that game is 134 points. And then the total for the UNC and Duke game is 151 points. So an extra 17 points means that the odds makers are anticipating Duke and UNC being kind of a shootout. Kind of a shootout. So excited to see both of those games. If I am a betting man, which mm, recreationally I am, haven't in a while, but from what I understand, the odds for each team to win the national championship based on the four teams remaining, Duke is currently the favorite. Uh, Duke's the favorite. Kansas the second favorite. Villanova's the third favorite, and UNC's the fourth favorite. If I was betting, which I'm not, but if I was, which I'm not, but if I possibly did, but I'm not going to, but if I thought about it, I would sprinkle some on UNC. This is not gambling advice, but I would sprinkle some on North Carolina because if they beat Duke, they there will be no stopping them. They will not lose to Kansas or Villanova. It just will not happen. Um, that will be their second win against Duke. They will have ended Coach Krzyzewski's career, winning the biggest rivalry in all of college basketball in the Final Four. They will not lose. Barring some sort of catastrophic... In if UNC wins the game, but one of their star guys gets hurt on like the last play, then obviously you know, UNC might be in trouble. But... I like Kansas. I like Villanova. I don't think those teams are bad. In fact, I do think they're I think they're both very good. But I think the momentum alone from that second game between Duke and UNC. It's also not like there's a 5-day uh break like there have been in the past few uh weekends where teams will play on Sunday and then uh immediately following that they have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in some cases, like the first weekend of the, okay, here's a great example. The first weekend of the tournament, teams play on Thursday. If you win Thursday, you play Saturday. If you win Saturday, you don't play until Thursday again. And if you win Thursday, you play again Saturday. If you win Saturday, you don't play again now, going through that whole motion. Like, for example, uh, I think it was Villanova, they won on their Thursday game in Sweet 16. Then they played on uh, Saturday in the Elite Eight, won that game, and now they're in the Final Four. Their last game is on Saturday, so it's a full week between games. Whereas in the Final Four to the National Championship, UNC and Duke will, will be playing Saturday night, and the winner of that game plays on Monday against Villanova or Kansas. So I think the momentum from that game alone is going to be enough to – just take the winner 
all the way to the championship. And that's why I said sprinkle a little bit on UNC. Not because I think they're better, not because I think they're going to win. It's just if they win that game, which they just beat Duke. They literally just beat Duke. So if they win that game, there's no reason why they wouldn't just ride that momentum all the way through and hoist the old natty. The old natty. So it's going to be fun, man. It's been a great March Madness tournament. I mean, obviously, some of the main storylines, Saint 15 seed St. Peter's making it all the way to the Elite Eight. Good for them. I think a lot of times it's fun to root for, a lot of times it's fun to root for the uh the underdogs. But I also feel like in a lot of cases, these teams that make deep runs as middle to lower seeds, middle to higher seeds, I guess you could say, whatever, like 15 seeds, eight seeds in UNC, et cetera, et cetera. I think a lot of times it's not like these teams are just having these magical, like, oh my God, they're so good. I can't believe they're just, everything's going their way. Like, actually, I think their seeding is just fucked up. Like, St. Peter's just was guilty of playing in a small conference with a small basketball footprint. And because of that, they, I don't even know if they won their conference, honestly. If they did win their conference, it's like, well, they won their conference, but they won some shitty ass little conference. So they're 15 seed. If they didn't win their conference, I doubt, I doubt it because they're 15 seed. But even then, like, if there's some sort of automatic qualifier, you know, a regional bid from one of these other small conferences, it's like, oh, well, this team went a fucking a million and two. Uh, they went six, you know, thirty-five and one, and then the one loss was in the championship of their, uh, you know, conference tournament. So we have to put them in as a regional qualifier because they were so good. But they'll put them in as like a nine seed or like a twelve, and it's like, okay, that's a bad seed because obviously that team is amazing. Um, so sometimes they just, they just mess up. And I think in the case of St. Peter's, it's like now next year, if St. Peter's wins, they're, they're probably going to win their conference tournament. St. Peter's is going to, uh, show up next year with a conference tournament win and they might get a 12 seed or a 10 seed because they're clearly good. Although their head coach literally already fucking bounced, which is hilarious because every time, uh, a team like that has sustained success through a tournament, the coach will Always, literally every fucking time, the coach will use it as an opportunity to advance jobs to a better program uh, or school. In this case, it's uh, Holloway. I forget his last name or his first name, I should say. Uh, Max. No, no, no. I don't know what his last name's Holloway, I'm pretty sure. Um, But the other one that off the top of my head, uh, Shaka Smart took a Virginia Commonwealth 11 seed to the final four and then just immediately bounced because he was at VCU and went on to, I don't know where he went. I think he went to Texas or maybe he's at Texas now. I don't know, but Shaka smart was a guy, same thing. So you get my point. Good for St. Peter's for getting it this far, but I think these two matchups are going to be really fun to watch. I think, the Kansas Villanova game is going to be fun, but Kansas is favored by four and a half. I would probably take the points with Kansas. Uh, I right. I mean, four and a half. It's a big number, but I'd rather take the Kansas points than the Duke points. Duke's favored by four. I would take Kansas to cover four and a half over Duke to cover four. 
because Kansas is just so good, so fundamentally sound, such a solid basketball team uh, that I think realistically Kansas doesn't even have to shoot that well. They just – defense is very good. Bill Self's a great head coach. They'll be ready to go for this game. So I, I think my personal predictions are going to be Kansas and Duke. I think Duke is going to win the game, but I think they're going to win on a fucking, not a buzzer beater, but Duke is going to win by like a point or two. Um, and then Kansas and Duke will be a great, great championship game on uh, Monday. We may or may not have an episode out that day uh, because both Jared and I may uh, have just be busy. So we may do Tuesday, may push it back to do some sort of, kind of a reactionary thing for that game. Um, but yeah, that'll be exciting. And then, yeah, that'll end the college basketball season. The NBA will be the only basketball left. Um, other sporting news, United States men's national team has qualified for the World Cup. Good for them. They've qualified. They will be playing in Qatar later this year and representing the United States of America. About fucking time, man. The fact that they were ever even close to not qualifying. Like, this year, I didn't... I don't feel like this year it was ever really, like, uh, oh, I don't know if they're going to qualify. But the last time around, they didn't fucking qualify for the World Cup. Like, let me just... Let me, let me say this. The United States of America has... Far and away the best athletes in the world. Like, it is not even close. The best athletes in the world. I particularly am not a huge fan of soccer, but I can at least appreciate it, and I can recognize that it's the biggest sport in the world by far not even close. Problem is, even our, like, the main complaint from people in the soccer community and the main defense for teams, the main defense for Team USA not making the World Cup last time around was, well, like, all these other sport or uh, all these other countries in the world have their best athletes playing soccer. We don't have our best athletes playing soccer. I honestly, that is the worst excuse of all time because the amount of money that is still put into soccer and the fact that our D level, our D level athletes should still be able to dominate, dominate some of these countries. Like last time, the USA didn't qualify for the World Cup in the game that they needed to tie, like just tie, they lost to Trinidad and Tobago. Like that is unacceptable. That can never happen again. And it didn't. I mean, they made the World Cup. They qualified. I don't think they got first in their qualification group, but I mean, whatever, I guess they're in. Just get me in the tournament because now it's like, let's play. Let's go. So it's exciting. But one thing I will say is that can you imagine, like, honestly, can you imagine how the team, how Team USA men's national soccer team would do if they had, Gian, no, not Giannis because he's Greek. If they had LeBron James, Mike Trout, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, uh, who else? I'm trying to think of good good American baseball players. Most of them are fucking Dominican. Um, 
I don't know, other great athletes, American athletes, I don't know, whatever, Russell Westbrook. Um, you, you get the point. You get the point. You had guys like that on the U.S. men's national team, and those guys had been playing soccer their whole life. Uh, Team USA would win every game mm, 15 to 0. That's what would happen. Could you imagine LeBron James come flying into the box for a header? He would be six and a half feet higher in the air than everybody. These guys that play soccer are five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing pounds. LeBron James is six foot six, six foot eight, even. I don't even know. He's, he's a monster. Six, 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 eight, 240 pounds. <laughs> goal. It's a goal every fucking time. Like, do those countries have guys that are that big? Like, do those guys, do, does, does England or does Spain or Italy or Portugal? Do these countries have dudes that look like LeBron James? Do they, actually? I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know. I mean, they have basketball, like, leagues and teams in those countries. But, like, why? God, our guys are just so much bigger and stronger and faster. It's like, man. Good for them, though. Good for Team USA. They're getting in the, they're, they're in the uh, World Cup. Biggest tournament in the world, man. And they will have the entire country's support behind them, including me, because we are Americans. Remember the last episode? Talked about how people apparently have a fucking problem when people refer to sports teams with we instead of they. I think I just did a couple times, like, good for them. Good for the men's national team. They deserve it. They are playing in the World Cup, right? Of course, we, we... You and I are not on the men's national team, so I'm not going to say we. Well, maybe I would say, actually. I would say we are in the World Cup. We are in the World Cup. Men's national team. USA. USA is in the World Cup. How about that? Team USA, we are in the World Cup. Yeah, that's what I would say. But I wouldn't be like, oh, uh, we passed the ball around until Christian Pulisic scored. No. no. Obviously not, because I'm not on the fucking team. So, on the topic of soccer... There's a video. Oh, boy. On the topic of soccer. This video is unbelievable. This is a video. There's a video going around, if you haven't seen it, of uh, international superstar soccer player Mo Salah, who is from Egypt playing in a uh, World Cup qualifying game. And he's representing his country of Egypt. And, God, I want to see, who were they playing against? It was, um, let's see. They were playing Senegal. Senegal. No. Yes. Yes, Senegal. And I think the game was in Senegal. And one of the Egyptian players got fouled in the box, which granted um, a penalty. Penalty kick for Egypt. Free shot on goal. Lined up, I don't know, 10 meters from the net. 
pretty much borderline unstoppable for the goalie in like, I mean, goalies success rate on stopping these shots is like less than 5%. So it's basically a free goal. Unless, unless you're distracted or some, something goes wrong in the case of Mo Salah in this shot that he took. You guys got to see the video. I mean, you have to see the fucking video. Mo Salah um, lines up for the penalty, and he has to wait for the referee's permission to advance towards the ball and kick it. And while he's standing there, like, with his hands on his hips, there are, I'm not shitting you, there are literally 50 lasers being shined in his eye. 50 green, uh, like, laser pointers just being shined all over his body, all over his face everywhere like it's almost seeing that you're like "Mm, there's actually no chance that that's real right it's 2022 now i understand it's not the united states but when those things have happened in the past in games evolving in games involving american athletes i think one of the most recent times was uh there was an nfl game down in mexico and I don't even know who the player was, but it was the quarterback of one of the teams. And he took the snap and dropped back, and there was like a green laser pointer being shined on his face and and his helmet and stuff. And it was like all over ESPN. And they were like, holy shit, where is that coming from? Unacceptable. Get it out of here. And then this video of Mo Salah lining up for this penalty kick, the, it's not one laser. There's 73 lasers on his body. And he's just wearing it. Like, he's literally just standing there because he knows. And apparently the word was the last time these two teams played each other in Egypt, same thing happened for some guy in Senegal lining up for a kick or something. He was getting peppered with laser pointers. Here's a fucking idea. Leave the laser pointer at home. It's 2022. If I was a fan of a team, I would want my team to win fair and square. I wouldn't want my team to win because I'm shining a laser in the opposing player's eyes. And then he goes up and misses the penalty kick. Cause that's what happened to Mo Salah. Like, are you proud as a Senegal fan or person rooting against Mo Salah? Are you proud of that? Does that make you happy? Shouldn't. It's fucking weird to be honest with you. It's pretty disgraceful because why, what, what even entices you to do that? Like I said, I said as a uh, as a Padres fan in 2020, COVID year, 60 game shortened season. I knew as before that season even started that if we won the World Series that year for somehow, which would never happen for the fucking Padres, but if they did, I literally said, I, I don't want them to win the World Series this year. I don't want them to because everyone's gonna say. Oh, this year's fake. It doesn't count. It's fucking Mickey Mouse. It's bullshit. And that's what a lot of people ended up saying about the Dodgers in 2020, which I love because fuck the Dodgers. But the same thing could be said about Mo Salah and the Senegal thing, or at least as a fan, I would look at it that way. I would. I'd be like, dude, guys, really? Can we just let them take the penalty? I mean, we committed the penalty in the box. This is the rules of the game. Now let's let the game unfold in a authentic fashion and allow for 
the results to play out. If he lines up and just fucking misses it, then I'm going to be pumped. But he lined up and missed it, and half the stadium goes, yeah. What? What? Grow up? Why? Why are you doing that? Why? Like These are grown-ass adults in the stadium, shining lasers in people's eyes. Oh, and I don't know, not to mention, it's extremely dangerous. That laser pointer light reflect, if that laser pointer light refracts at just the right angle into your eyeball, you will lose vision. That's why it, laser pointers are literally banned like all over the United States in all different settings. Office settings, concerts, festivals, sporting events, anything. They're literally banned because there have been instances where laser pointers have been used on people in that, and it goes straight through their fucking retina into their eyeball, and they're like, oh, I fucking, I can't see anymore. Like, yeah, it's dangerous. So bad look for Senegal fans. Bad, bad, bad look. Embarrassing. Embarrassing, dude, to be honest with you. Kind of sad. Um, I, I just, and there's like, as Mo Salah, you know, I'm not going to blame the guy because he's standing there in the field. And like I said, he was just wearing it. Um, but it's like, like, what else is he supposed to do? Nothing. He can't do anything. So, yeah, sucks for Mo Salah. Um, Team USA is in the World Cup. Canada's in the World Cup. Mexico's in the World Cup. And uh, in other sporting news, Bobby Wagner, released by the Seattle Seahawks a few weeks ago, picked up by the Rams. He signed a five-year deal for $50 million, uh, $10 bucks a year for Bobby Wagner. That is a steal because Bobby Wagner is really fucking good. He's a superstar linebacker. They essentially replace Von Miller, um, but for cheaper, way cheaper than what Von Miller signed for. It's exciting for the Rams because it feels like they will probably be able to stick around at least a little bit longer than maybe some people projected them to not even make the playoffs next year, which I think is a bit of a stretch, but I don't know, man. Um, you know, the Cardinals are good. The 49ers just always find a way to win, but I think the Rams still win that division next year. And I think they definitely now definitely win the division with Bobby Wagner. Love Bobby. A great player, man. Plays so hard. Like, just so hard. Uh, I mean, what linebacker doesn't, right? To be honest with you. But Bobby Wagner looks like one of those guys that would put your head in a headlock and it would pop like a fucking grape. Like, his muscles are just massive. Massive. And the Rams are doing a really good job of supplementing for the guys that they're losing, right? They lost Robert Woods. Like I mentioned, they lost Vaughn Miller. But they signed Allen Robinson. They signed Bobby Wagner. And to be honest with you, if I am looking at the defenses, comparing the one that just won the World, the I guess, yeah, the, I was going to say the World Series, but World Championship, 
the team, the defense that just won the Super Bowl for the Rams last year and the defense for this year. The only massive change is Von Miller's out, Bobby Wagner's in. But you look at the core four on that defense, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd. I would take that over Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, and Leonard Floyd. I would. I really would. Um, it's nothing against Von Miller. I like Von Miller. I think he's a good player. But this is a list of the defensive first-team all-pro selections since 2016. This is just the guys they have now. The most defensive first-team all-pro selections since 2016 belongs to Aaron Donald, who has six since 2016, so literally every fucking year. Second most selections to the defense first-team all-pro list since 2016, Bobby Wagner with five. The third most, Jalen Ramsey with three. That is fucked. That is fucking ridiculous. The Rams are going to be very good next year. I just don't know what to, what else to say. Um, I think the only question mark for the Rams is um, OBJ, right? I think OBJ is still a free agent. So, nevertheless, good for the Rams. Good for the Rams. Um, that pretty much does it. Pretty much does it. We'll wrap up with Would You Rather. This is a good one. Would you rather? Their favorite segment on the show. Would you rather? Root for a team and have them win the championship next season and then miss the playoffs for 20 years straight or have your team make the playoffs every year for the next 10 seasons but not win the World Series. I guess that's tough, though. Let me say let, let's let's rephrase. Would you rather your team win the ch win a championship this year and you know it's going to happen and you know that after they win the championship they will not make the playoffs for 20 years in a row. So you are guaranteed a championship and 20 years of no playoffs or you're guaranteed 10 years in a row of postseason berths from your team. No championship guarantees, but it's not a guarantee they're going to lose either. So you have 10 straight playoff appearances or a championship guaranteed now, but no playoffs for 20 years. That is a tough one. And that's what I meant to say the first time. Personally, hmm. personally, uh, I would choose 
Mm. The playoffs. I think I would choose the playoffs every year for 10 years. But that's tough because you just you don't know, man. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, and you do know with the championship that you are guaranteed a championship. Guaranteed. So that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode, guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, kept it nice and brief. Covered the sports topics that we wanted to, like we mentioned before. Um, decent amount going on. Be sure to check us out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Not Facebook. We don't have a Facebook because Facebook is for old people. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. This episode will be live on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But if you want to catch it live, be sure to check us out on YouTube because we stream every episode live on YouTube. We greatly appreciate you guys tuning in, as usual. Always bet the over, especially this weekend with the Final Four games. It's not fun to bet the under, so just bet the over. We appreciate you guys tuning in, as always, and thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys on another episode. 